Hey, my, my name is Michelle Weaver. Um, I've been going to Oakwood for about a year, a little over a year. Uh, I grew up in a small town. My parents were um, really loving. They loved the Lord. We, I grew up in the church. Um, my grandparents lived close by. They also loved the Lord and were walking faithfully with Him. And I was just surrounded by people that loved the Lord. Well, in high school, my faith was very important to me. Uh, but I would not say it was my highest priority. More important to me was being an athlete. And one thing about me is I liked how it began. And I had my whole future kind of planned out. And I knew that I wanted to play basketball in college. And long story short, I ended up going to this college. And when I got there, I went with the attitude of, I'm just going to throw myself into sports, be the most successful I can be, and focus on that. So when I got there, what I found was that the team was not all about just playing basketball and being successful. It wasn't about that. It was much more about your relationship with the Lord and putting Him first. And during that time, He really changed my heart. He healed my heart. Um, and he helped me to grow. And my identity became uh, Christ, my identity was in Christ and in him first, and that became the most important thing to me. Two weeks after I graduated college, I married my now husband, Mitch, which was another God thing that he brought him into my life. I'll fast forward now five years. We've been, we've been married five years, and going back to my need for having a plan, we, at this time, really wanted to start a family, and we had it all worked out. We wanted to be married for a certain amount of time before we had children, and the time had come, we decided that we wanted to have children. And I'm really, I get stuck on these plans that they've got to go the way I want them. As we're starting to try to have children, uh, I had to go to the doctor, and I come to find out that I had an infertility condition. And so, this was a blow to the gut. I uh, found out that it would not be easy to have children. And so the doctor uh, worked with us quite a bit and I was frustrated and I was hurt. I was confused, I was angry. And so I actually just kind of threw myself into prayer. I prayed every morning and I prayed during my lunch breaks at work. I would walk and pray. And I would pray before I went to bed. Um, and I would ask God, would you please give us a baby? And um, eventually my prayers became very specific. I said, Lord, would you please give us a baby before Christmas? And so during that time, um, I had heard some a sermon and switched my prayer to, Lord, can you please give us a baby before Christmas? And if you don't, you've got, can you please change my heart? And during that time, I don't know exactly when it happened, but he did change my heart. I remember telling my husband, Mitch, you know, if we don't have a baby, if it's not in God's plan for us to have a baby, then I'm okay. I was at peace with it. Um, and I told my husband, if we just go through life together. I'm just so thankful that God brought you into my life and that we can be
best friend and I'm okay, I'm at peace with it. So uh, fast forward to around Christmas time, I was supposed to take a medication and I had to take a pregnancy test before that medication and so Christmas Eve I did it and I took the test and instead of starting that medication, I was pregnant. Um, God just showed, answered my prayers, showed me how faithful he was, and we would go on to have a little boy uh, the next year, and then not even two years later, we'd have another little boy. And it taught me that God is so faithful, and he answers prayers, and having a relationship with him and digging into the word, knowing him, is just so important. Uh, it's just really cool to see how through all these things, and there's many other situations and valleys and all the things I could share in our marriage the past 10 years that God's been so faithful and he's provided exactly what we needed, even if we didn't know we needed it. And his plan has just been so much better than what we could have imagined. Man, appreciate uh, Michelle sharing of that story uh, with us. And uh, man, there's so many things in these stories that are so good. And uh, that's why it's important as a church that we get to know each other, get in relationship with one another. And, and not just, I'm talking a relationship, not just casual in the lobby. I mean, if you met Michelle um, in the lobby, she's probably not going to share her story with you right there. But it's, it's like over time and being in a relationship with each other, uh, talking to each other, but uh, the Bible says specifically that we need to be prepared. It says for Christians to always be prepared to give an account for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. And so uh, hopefully you have enjoyed this series. We've got one more week next week, um, but uh, man, it is just powerful, these stories of, of God's goodness, um, of his grace, of his mercy, and of his work uh, through different people's lives. And uh, hopefully you have enjoyed that this summer. Uh, if you want to follow along this morning, there's two ways you can do it. You can do it in a Bible, like what I have, or you can do it in the app. If you have your phone, iPad, a tablet, just download the Oakwood app and uh, open it up and go to sermon notes and all the notes and all the scriptures will be there for you. But uh, we are going to be in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 46. And uh, two of our main passages this morning come from Isaiah. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn there this morning, Isaiah chapter 46 Michelle brought up several things in her testimony, and one of them I was wondering if anyone in here can relate to. Uh, she said, I think, like maybe seven times that she liked to have a plan. Do we have any planners in the room? All my plan people like to have a plan. Raise it high. Own it. Yeah, there you go. It's like, hey, I'm a planner, right? I like to have a plan. I like to know what's coming next. I like to know what's next in the future, and I would like my plan to work out my way, right? Let's be honest. My plan to work out my way on my timeline, right? And I would like to know. Some of it, sometimes it's no. Now, there's a flip side to that. How many of you are not planners? If you're a not planner, I don't care. Go by the seat of my pants. Go through life. Wow. That is amazing. So many couples are split on that. Isn't that amazing? You got the planner hand and then the husband or the wife. Oh, now I'm the non-planner. And God has a way of, of using that, right? Um, as, as opposites do attract, right? Uh, but it is something that we struggle with. 
It's, a, it's that fear of what's, what's going to happen next and, and how is this going to play out in my life. And I have this plan. I've been praying about my plan and I've been telling God about my plan and I've been telling you know, maybe my best friend about my plan and, and maybe my spouse and some other people. And, and I have this plan and then sometimes life throws us for a curve. And even though we thought our plan was good and we thought, man, this is a Christian plan, uh, you know, the, God needs to listen to my plan because it is, it is just, it's just a great idea, it's sometimes then there's that curve that comes, right? Something that we, that we didn't expect. I think that resonates so much with a tension that we feel as Christians. There's this tension that we feel, and it's this tension between our plan and wanting to know what's going to happen in our lives and what we think we need. And then there's this tension with God's plan that always isn't revealed to us fully. That he says, hey, take another, another step of faith toward me. That's what you need to do. You need to get to know me. You need to trust me. That is my plan for your life. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute here. I want to know what's going to happen. No, 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 no. I'll reveal that to you when the time is right. But I'm do you see that tension there? And we feel this as Christians. Because as Christians, we love Jesus, we love God, we want to serve him, we want to trust him. But there's this thing where we want a plan and we want to know what's happening into our future. But there's this, also this other thing that's great that came out of this testimony, and that is the power of prayer. Michelle mentioned that she went through a season of prayer and how uh, her prayers changed and how God used that season to, to change her. And so we're going to be focusing in on those things today. But I want to begin uh, just with Isaiah chapter 46. We're going to be, uh, begin this morning with verses 9 and 10. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. This is the uh, prophet Isaiah from the Old Testament. Again, remi a reminder that the prophets, their job was to call God's people back to himself. The prophets were that voice of God to the people saying, hey, repent of your sins, turn to God, trust God. Prophet Isaiah, this is what he says. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. As I read this passage over and over and, and, and dwelt upon it, several things popped out of me, and one of them was kind of a little bit awkward. Did you find it awkward in there that as God is speaking through Isaiah, that he says that I am God twice? <laughs> right, right there in, in verse 9, he says, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. It's like he's just declaring his sovereignty, his power, his will over all. And out of those two times where he says, I am God, I am God, in the beginning of verse 10 he says, I make known, because I am God, the end from the beginning. Like I got the whole thing in scope here. From ancient times, and what is still to come in the future? I'm in charge over all that. I know all of it. And then he says after that, after he makes known, he says, I say that my purpose will stand. I have a purpose in everything I do. And then he goes on, and at the very end he says, and I will do all that I please. So he, is, he says, I am God, I am God, I make known, I say, and I will do all that I please. Why? Because he is our God. Here's the first thing we can take away from that this morning. God's 
plans are better than ours because he can see the future and we cannot. Plain and simple, easy to understand. Now, I know some of you are, are like, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I feel like sometimes I know what's going to happen in the future. Do you? Do you really know? I mean, at best, I think you can have an educated guess as to what's going to happen next in the future. But do you really have any idea what is going to happen? Do you have any idea what's going to happen one minute from now? I mean, reasonably, you could say, well, a minute from now, I'm probably still sitting here. Eric's probably still talking. And yeah, but do you really know what's, what's happening? What's happening in the world? Do you really know that, what, what could be happening at your house? What's happening out, in, out, out at your workplace this morning or, or, or maybe uh, someplace that you've traveled to? I mean, do you really know? And let's not even just talk about a minute. Let's talk about a day. Do you really know what tomorrow will bring? Or what about a week from now? Or what about a month from now? Or what about a year from now? Or what about 30 years from now? You see, at best, you might have an educated guess, but God says, hey, I know all of it. In fact, I'm all powerful and all sovereign over all of it. I not only know it, but I am in charge of it. You see, we can't see the next thing that is happening but God sees it all. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, and years into the future. And so my question for you and some of the tension we have as Christians is why don't we just choose to trust in God's plan? Why do we always have our own plan? And why would we ever want our plan over God's plan when, he know, when we know that he's a loving Heavenly Father and we know that he holds the future? He even holds eternal life in his hands. Is that enough for us to say, okay, I will step back from my plan and my will, and I will choose to trust in the Lord? I mean, for some of you, you're like, yeah, duh. I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? But lived out in application, this is hard, isn't it? It's hard not to know, and it's hard not to trust. The second thing this morning, God knows what's best for our future because his ways are higher and better than ours. This same prophet, Isaiah, wrote about this just a few chapters uh, later after uh, 46 there. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This was one of the scriptures from one of our devotional times at Christ and Youth Conference with the high schoolers a week ago. One of the mornings, this was the, the landing spot. This was the dwelling place. Those two verses are what the students and adults, for that matter, read and contemplated and thought about. The fact that God's ways are higher and better than ours. It reminded me of the book of Job. Job is a character in the Old Testament, and he has a whole book by his name. Maybe you've, you've thought it was Job. I've heard that several times. It looks like Job, but pronounced Job. And Job was a righteous man and was walking with the Lord. And Satan came to God and said, hey, I want to see if he'll remain faithful to you when life's not so good. When life is hard. When life throws him a curve. And God said, all right, you can test him, but you can't kill him. But Satan did all of this work to mess up Job's life. 
It's amazing because then he has these three friends that come and they do this, this cycle of dialogue, trying to, trying to figure out where is God in all this? Why is all these bad things happening? Is it because of your sin, Job? Is it because God hates you, Job? Maybe he doesn't love you anymore. And they go through all these cycles of dialogue, dialogue and it's amazing at the end because it gives this appearance that those three friends that are advising Job is through this struggle in the book, they get to the end and they're like, it almost seems like they think they know more than God. And God is silent all the way through the book of Job until toward the end. And God begins to speak. And when God speaks, do you know what he says? Hey, where were you when I created the world? Now, just on that line alone, you're like, mic drop, okay, God, <laughs> just walk up. Yeah, it's like, yeah, where were you? Where were you when I created the world? And where were you? I mean, do you really know anything that I know? And he reveals even to Job that his ways are higher and are better. And because his ways are higher and better, it is best that we go along with his ways. That we leave our will for our future and our plans to him. Because God knows what's best for our future. And his ways are higher and better than ours. You almost get this feeling like we need to seek him more. And then in seeking him more, we would maybe know his plan. But here's, here's the third thing this morning. Is we plan and God directs us. Because I know what some of you are thinking. If you, if you know your scripture, you know. Hey, you can look in the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs says many times that it is wise for a man to plan for his future. That a lot of times because man does not plan for his future, then there's certain disaster coming. That you, you should plan for your future um, in life economically. You should plan for your future relationally. You should plan to have a roof over your head. You should plan ahead. Those are good things. It's not bad. Scripture would then say it's bad to have a plan. But it is bad to have a plan absent from God. And yet, it's weird because God asks us to plan. But he's the one that directs the plan. We might think, well, we're, we're in charge of the plan. I made the plan. I'm in charge of the plan. I know the next step in the plan. And God says, no, 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 no. You can have a plan, but I'm going to direct the next step. And sometimes I might step left. And you're like, wait a second. We were, wait, and I might step right, but I will direct your steps. Look what it says in Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 9. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Have we heard that before? Going back to the first passage in Isaiah 46 where God said, My purpose will stand. Here it is again, but the Lord's purpose prevails. And just a chapter later than that, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Because God is the director of that next step in our life because he is sovereign overall. Even the prophet Jeremiah understood that people's lives are not really all their own. Listen to this, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Why? Because God says, I'm over the next step in the plan. 
You can have a plan. And you can pray over that plan, and you can submit that plan to me, and, and you can have this idea of the direction that I want you to go in life, but I'm the one that holds the future. And God is the one that guides the next step in the plan. We can plan, but God leads us ahead in that plan. The priority is this, and it's something Michelle said in her testimony, is that our, she, she at one point said, my identity I learned was found in Christ Jesus. That it was Christ Jesus first and what he wants for my life in his will and his ways. And then I would follow his leadership in that. Because so many times we, we, we're pretty presumptuous about the future. Like we have some power over that. It, it reminded me of James chapter 4 verses 13 through 16. Listen to this. It says, now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Because as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. You see, it's really speaking here to this, this thing that we do, that we try to present ourselves and think of ourselves as completely self-sufficient. Instead of relying on the sufficiency of Christ Jesus and our Heavenly Father. You see, we are created to be God-dependent, not independent from God. And you see, if you've walked that path in your life or you know someone who has walked that path in their life, or you know someone right now that is walking that path of independency from God. You know. It is not the Lord's, that the Lord is the priority in their life. It is not that the Lord is leading their life. We have this, this self-made thing, and, and, and our pride and our arrogance comes out, and, and oh yeah, we're a self-made man, a self-made woman. We are self-sufficient, but we're not. We are God-dependent, and our lives are best lived in that dependency. I think James chapter 4 there speaks to that so well that, that we can plan, but God's over the next moment, the next day, the next year, and the next step. We plan, and God directs us. The fourth thing this morning that we can learn, we can better align our plans through continual we can better align our plans through continual prayer. I want to show you something on the, on the screen right now. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but this is the logo for FedEx. Is that familiar to some of you? You've seen FedEx, Federal Express, you, you kind of know. Now, when you look at this logo, and, and, and I looked at it for years, and I never noticed this until someone pointed out to me, is there is actually an arrow in the logo. Now, when I look at it, I see Fed, X, and Express, and there it is. There's the, there's the arrow in the logo. Now, if you, take that, if you took that black arrow away and it was just white and it maintained, it, you know, do you see it? You kind of have to have it pointed out to you. Some people see it and they'll catch it on their own, but there's many more of us that, that, that don't. That, that we, we can't see it until it's pointed out to us like that. I think that's the way it is when we're trying to follow God sometimes too. 
is we think that we know and we see the FedEx logo, but we don't see the arrow, and then all along it's there, but it just hasn't been shown to us yet. You see, sometimes in life, as we go throughout life, someone has to show you. You can't know something until someone shows you, until someone teaches you, until someone shares with you. And I want you to know this this morning. God wants to show you and reveal to you his ways. They're all in this book called the Bible. They're all found in this personal relationship with God where you walk closely with him and he will show you his ways. You know these Christians that go through hard stuff? They're just going through hard times. Maybe it's something physical, maybe something mental, maybe something that's emotional. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe it's just circumstances of a sin-fallen world. That's... And have you ever admired a Christian that just seems like it doesn't matter what comes their way. They're kind of like Teflon, like titanium-coated Teflon. That is just going to hit them, and there's not going to be a dent. There's not going to be a ding. It's not going to stick to them, and it's not going to ruin their life. It doesn't matter what this world throws their way. They are sustained in the Lord, and they put all of their trust in the Lord. And the Lord may not have revealed the hardship that was coming their way, but the Lord said, I am going to get you through it. It might be a step to the left or the step to the right of what you thought the plan was for your life. But God says, but I'm there. Even in the hard times, even in the hardships, I am there. And I am working my plan. And my plan ultimately is for good for your life. We are called by God to trust him and to stay faithful. It reminded me of one of my favorite passages of Scripture. So, yeah, write this down, circle it, highlight it in your Bible, memorize it. You've heard it before. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. To the Christian, do not be anxious about anything. Any of you feel anxious this morning about anything? Anything in the future? Anything coming up this week? next month, this year, two years from now? Do any of you have any moment of anxiety about the future? Because this is what, this is what the scripture says. This is what God is telling us here. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, how? How do I not be? He says right here, but in every situation. Sometimes I read that and I have to reread it myself. I'm like, every situation, God? Every situation. Don't be anxious about anything. Anything? Anything. But in every situation, every, every single situation, in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition. Don't miss this. It's by prayer, talking, communicating with God, and petition. Petition gives us idea of repeating it over and over. By coming to God over and over and over again. So, so through by prayer and petition, and then it says, with thanksgiving, why are you thankful? When you might be feeling anxious or worried about something. You're thankful because of who God is. And because he loves you. And because the God who holds the future is over it all. He says, hey, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving for who I am and that you can rest and find rest for your weary soul me. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then listen to this. And the peace of God. That's the kind of peace you want in your life. Trust me. That's the kind of peace that you want to rest in when you put your head on the pillow at night. That's the kind of peace that helps you keep it together when hard things at life are flying your way. It says, and the peace of God, 
which transcends all human understanding. Everybody looks at people and Christians like, what keeps them together? They got a lot of bad stuff happening. What is, what is going on here? This peace of God that transcends all understanding, listen to what it's going to do. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because you're going to choose to trust God. Michelle said in her testimony, I hope you caught this, that when they were trying to have a family and it wasn't going according to plan, she said, I threw myself into prayer. Do you remember that? So I just threw myself into prayer. And she talked to God and she cried out to God and she laid her requests. It says, bring your requests. In that passage, it says, bring your requests before the Lord. And she did it. And then she decided, hey, I'm going to pray specifically. I'm putting God on a timeline here, right? By Christmas, I want to have a baby. Well, the doctors are saying, you know, you have these issues. Right? By Christmas, Lord. But then through that process of prayer and petition, as she kept going to the Lord, what did she, what did she say happened? Her prayers changed to not my will, but your will be done. God, if you're not going to give me a child, would you change my heart about that? Would you change my thinking about that? I mean, maybe she was at a point where she felt like, man, my life just can't go on. I just can't go on. Life's going to stink for the rest of my life if I, if I don't get pregnant and have a child. God, would you change my heart in that? And then she said in that testimony that she remembered that God did change her heart. And then all of a sudden, she was okay. She was at peace. Whether we have a child or we don't, whatever God's will is for the future, I am going to rest in that. I'm going to rest in that comfort, that peace of God that transcends understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That, that's what I'm going to trust in. That's what I'm going to put my hope in for the future. And then God answered a prayer. Folks, I think sometimes we don't see it, but God's still doing miracles today. God's still answering prayers today. I mean, there's probably a couple times during that testimony, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've seen it like 10 times. I still get teary a couple times during that testimony, and I still get goosebumps thinking, Christmas Eve, I'm about to go on some medication. I take a pregnancy test, and I'm pregnant. Wow. Thank you, Lord, right? You need to understand this this morning as we close our time together. The key to knowing God's will is knowing God. So many of us want that answer in our lives, right? I don't understand. I don't get it. The key to knowing God's will is knowing God. How do you... How do you do that? How do, how do you get to know God more? You know him more through prayer. I want to share this, this quote with you. This is from a youth worker. His name is Mike Iaconelli. Listen to this quote. I just think it says this so well. The real issue in life is not the search for God's will. It is the search for God. The issue in faith is not knowing what God is doing. Rather, it is knowing that God knows what he's doing. Amen? The issue of faith is seeking God's presence, not God's plan for your life. 
Because there is no plan outside of you knowing him. We don't need to know the will of God. We only need to know God, which is, strangely enough, his will. You see, it's about knowing God. It's about trusting God. And I feel like, I feel like when Michelle got to that point, she's like, God is God. And I am not. And I'm going to choose to trust in him more than anything else in this world. I'm, I'm going to trust God. And folks, when you make that shift in your life, your life is so much better. There is so much more peace. There is so much more joy. There is so much more understanding. There's this depth that is only found in your relationship with God. And the more you seek God, the more you find him. The prophet Jeremiah said to seek God with all of your heart. It gives you this idea that you are all in. That you're not going to lean on your own understanding. You're not going to lean on anything else in this world. We're not going to lean on doctors. We're not going to lean on medicine. We're not going to lean on the future that I can control. We're not going to lean on my work. We're not going to lean on our 401k. We're not going to lean into those things. We are going to lean into God and allow him to be sovereign in our life. And we will find our rest for our weary soul and that peace of God that transcends understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We're going to find that only in God alone. You see, we all have to get to this place, like Michelle did, where we let go. And we step back, we say, you know what, God is God. And I love him. And I trust him. And so I will surrender my life to him. And when you do that, you find that you are resting in his sovereignty And you may say, well, how will I know if I'm in God's will? How will I know if I'm in his next step and and in his plan for my life? If you're pursuing him, that is his will. And that is his plan. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would be pursuing him more and more. That he would take an elevated place in your life, in your mind, and in your heart each and every day. And it's it's a process. It's a process of growth in your trust in him. But I want to let you know this too. As you surrender your heart, surrender your will and your plan and your life over to Jesus Christ more and more, God fills those places with himself. And the joy and the peace that you'll have will just blow your mind. I remember we used to sing a song at invitation time in our church and at church camp, different places. And uh, you may know the song, I Surrender All. Do you know that song? Sing, I surrender all, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I remember I was at a church camp one time. The speaker got up and said, I don't think you can surrender all. I was like, whoa, okay. Well, the song says that. I mean, he said, so tonight we're going to change the words to the song. When we get to the chorus, instead of saying, I surrender all, We're going to sing, I surrender some. 
because that's, that's, that's where a lot of you are at. Because you're not ready to surrender all, you're ready to surrender some. But I'm telling you, if you'll just surrender some and start moving God's direction in life, folks, you have an amazing future. Because God is on the seat of your heart. He loves you. And he has a great plan for your future.